Good morning, everyone. I'm excited to bring God's word to you. I hope you guys are prepared and ready for God's word. Okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll try that again. Are you guys ready? Did you know that one word from God can change your whole life, church? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray because I feel like that little response right there tells me that maybe you're not really ready. All right, so we're going to pray, and we're going to say, God, prepare our hearts to receive what it is that you want to speak to us. Because can I tell you something? Watch this. God wants to speak something life-transforming to you this morning. I'm telling you. See, that's the difference between the person that comes on any particular given Sunday and their life is transformed versus the person whose life isn't. It's all about how you position your heart before God and say, God, I'm here, humble. And how many of you know that humility is a choice? Lord, I'm here to receive what you have, what you want to speak to me. And guys, I know when we come to church on a Sunday morning, there's so many things that are clouding our minds. There's I'm, Me too, as a pastor, I'm wondering about, hey, I wonder, did we get this taken care of? Did we get this? Is there enough communion out there? We, we all have things that's on our minds, but watch this. There comes a point and a time where we just sort of say, God, listen, right now at this point, I'm just releasing all worry, all care, all concern, and right now, the only thing that I want is to hear your voice. And so can we just ask the Holy Spirit, because I think that's what we need to do, right? Because we can't do it on our own strength. Holy Spirit, help me to be able to, to dial in and to be able to also dial out, dial out the things that are, are, are bombarding against our minds, right? So let's do that right now. Would you guys just join me in prayer? Let's do that right now. Holy Spirit, thank you. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that you do give us ears to hear what you're saying to your body, to the church. And so God, speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord God. And, and Lord, cause all of us, Lord, to be able to hear, Father, Lord, what it is that you want to speak to our lives, God? Because, Lord, I know that, Lord, you don't just want us to be informed, but you want us to be transformed by the power of your Spirit. And so, precious Holy Spirit, we invite you to have your way. We invite you, Lord, Lord God, to just lead us, Lord God, and, and give us that ear to hear, Lord God. Give us eyes to see, Lord, what you want to do in us. And, God, we are thankful, Father. That you're faithful. You're faithful, Lord God, to, to complete the work that you've began in all of our lives. So, Lord God, do your bidding in us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. And all the church says, amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you guys are just joining us, we've been on this series called Building Our Lives on Values That Last. And I want us to start with something just a little different, if we could. I want to give you a quiz on stress and see how well you do. <laughs> All right, somebody says, oh, no, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to complete these sentences. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm at the end of my, all right, okay. My life is falling apart, okay. I'm at wit's. 
wrong, all right? I'm about to come un... Yeah, somebody said unhinged. Okay, that'll work too, all right? Unglued, unhinged, all right? How about this? I'm ready to throw in the... You guys are pros at this. You guys know burnout well. <laughs> let's, try, let's try another survey. This is a workaholic survey, okay? Uh-oh. So raise your hand if you're honest, and if not, then nudge the person next to you that should have raised their hand. <laughs> First question, are you always in a hurry? Guilty, pastor's guy's hand up. Next, is your to-do list always unrealistically long? Like, it seems like it never ends. Anyone have one like that? Raise your hand. Okay, all right. How about this? Do you guys take days off to catch up on unfinished work? Anyone? Come on. Some of y'all are lying through your teeth right now. You need to be raising your hand. Here you go. Has more than one person ever told you to slow down? And what about this? Do you feel guilty when you relax? Yeah, some of y'all need your hands up because I know you well. <laughs> now, guys, listen. I'm bringing this to your attention because there is a poll that came out that found that 69% of Americans would say, I'd like to slow down. I'd like to relax. But yet I just read another poll that said, that Americans, they spend eight and a half hours less per week at, at leisure than a decade ago. Guys, watch this. We weren't meant to live that way. I mean, this fast-paced life that we're all caught up in, God never intended for us to live that kind of life. And it is quite literally killing us. As we continue our series, Building Our Lives on Values That Last, we're going to look at a value that is universally admired, yet universally ignored. And that is called the, the, the value of balance. Balance. How many of you guys like to have more balance in your life, right? I know I would, right? Yet I don't know anyone who is a completely balanced person. In fact, none of us in this room are living a completely balanced life. I mean, it's our desire, right? It's our goal. It's, it's an, an, an objective, but, but there's none of us that's ever really gotten there. And out of all the values that we're going to be talking about in this series, this may be the one that we need to work on the most. Now, what I want to share with you guys this morning isn't anything that's new. But it's something that we need to hear periodically in order to get our lives refocused and back in balance. You see, the principle of balance is one of those laws that God established the universe on. And it's one that applies to our everyday life, but it also just applies to creation itself. For example, and many of you already know this, but the earth is tilted just right. On its axis. Like if you were to, to tilt it a few degrees one way or the other, we'd either 
be been borned up, I'm sorry, burned up by the sun, or um, else we would freeze up as we pull away from the sun. However, it is perfectly balanced. And watch this. God intended it that way. For that matter, all of creation is a system of balance. And you know, scientists, they are discovering this more and more every single day. This is true of our, our cosmos. This is true of our ecosystems. And it's also true of our human body. Now, without us getting all nerdy here, uh, how many of you know that our body, it's comprised of nine different systems? Like systems like the uh, cardiovascular system, the respiratory system, the central nervous system, the digestive system, just, just to name a few. And anytime these systems are out of balance, we call that dis-ease or disease. But whenever those systems are in balance, we call that health. You see, healing is the recovery of balance to the body. And God wants you to live a balanced life because he wants you to live a, what? Healthy Psalm 127 says, it's useless, I'm sorry, useless for you to work so hard uh, from early morning until late night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Now, there's a lot of people that I know, they work hard, which is an honorable thing whenever it's done in balance, but all too often, they do so at the expense of rest. I don't know if you've ever considered this or not, but do you know God is concerned with how much rest you get? Did you know that? You can go ahead and nudge your spouse there if you need to, all right? You know why God cares about that? Because it's not God's will for us to live an unbalanced life. God wants us to have a balanced, healthy life. And Jesus not only died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, but he died for us in order that we would be whole, that we would be complete spirit, soul, and body. And so what I want to do this morning is I want us to look at the seven principles of balance. And just so that you guys will be able to remember them, I'm going to put them in an acronym. B-A-L-A-N-C-E. Balance. So let's dive into this, all right? And the B in balance stands for build my life around Christ. Now, follow with me on this just for a moment. The only person who ever lived a completely balanced life was Jesus. Therefore, amen, <laughs> therefore, if I put him at the center of my life, then it only stands to reason that if I do so, he's going to then show me how that I'm supposed to live a balanced life as I center him around my life. And I want you, if you could, just kind of think of your life like a wheel. And at the center of the wheel is a hub. And out of that hub are all the spokes of life that represent you, your family, your relationships, your career, your dreams, your, your goal. 
And, and here's what I want you to catch. That is that you will build your life around something. Are you with me? Like something is at the center of your life. And maybe you've never considered that before, but you are currently building your life around something. It could be your work. It could be your family. It could be your dreams. But you are building your life around something. Hopefully, it's around God, and he's not just another spoke in the wheel, but that his, our, that his life is surrendered, centered around us. Now, in case you guys might be wondering, well, um, how, how do I know what my life is centered around? And, and it's real simple. Think about this. This is how you know what your life is centered around. It's whatever you think about the most. I mean, think about it. Whatever's consuming your mind, consuming your thoughts, that is what we're surrendering or centering our life around. And this is an important question that we need to look at because whatever you have at the center determines whether the weight and the load of life is going to be able to handle whatever it dishes to you. Are you with me? I've heard people say things like, well, Pastor Chris, I, I feel like my life is falling apart. Well, that means that you have a faulty center. It means that you have something else in your life other than God that's taking first place. Something else that, that is taking the center point rather than God in your life. And watch this. It, it, it can be another person. It can be a job. It can be your work. It can be your dreams. It can be ambitions. But it's not God. And you better get God back in the center as quick as you can or eventually your life will fall apart. Because there's nothing else that has the strength to hold all the pieces together. You see, not only does the hub create stability, the hub controls everything else. So whatever you put in the center is going to control and influence everything else. So y'all following with me? Not only is it the controlling factor, well, watch this, it's what's connected to the source of the power. And the power, it always emanates from the hub outward, not inward. Let me say it this way in case you're getting lost with this wheel analogy, all right? Whenever you put Christ at the center, he gives you the stability, he gives you the control, and he gives you power, Amen. Jesus says it this way in Luke 12, 31. God will always give you all that you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. But our life must be centered. It must be built around him. Amen. Now let's look at the second acronym, the letter A. And the letter A in balance stands for accept. I need to accept my humanity. Now, what that means is I need to stop pretending as if I'm God. I've got to stop pretending that I have all the answers and that I have to solve everyone's problems and that I have to meet everyone's expectations. I have to recognize that I have limitations. Now, this point right here, i got to be honest with you, this is one that's difficult for me to accept because I've always been the kind of person who 
I didn't want to disappoint anyone. And I wanted to be the kind of person who I felt like I was doing my, my very best. But watch this. I learned something a long time ago. And that is that there was a Savior that walked on this earth 2,000 years ago. And I'm not him and neither are you. We need to accept our humanity. Listen to what Ecclesiastes 10 says. It says, only someone who is too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. That might be a good verse right there to put on the visor of your car, right? <laughs> he says, it's dumb to wear yourself out from work to overwork. Because when you overwork, you know what you're doing? You're playing God. You're saying, it all depends upon me. It's all going to crash if I don't keep it going. No, it's not. Like, you're not the general manager of the universe. I promise you that you could resign from that job and it's not going to all fall apart. God will see to it that everything will be taken care of. Somebody needed to hear that word right now. Now, I mentioned this a second ago, but one of the reasons that I feel like people's lives get out of balance because, is because we listen to the thoughts and the opinions of others. And we let the expectations of others manipulate us. But I can tell you with assurance that you cannot, you absolutely cannot meet everyone's expectations. And when you try to, man, you are heading for trouble. And your life will become unbalanced. See, what happens is we start to try to shoulder everything ourselves. I should do this. I must do this. I have to do this. Everyone's expecting me to do this. But watch this. Who's holding the gun to your head? Nobody is. See, the things that we do in life, watch this, we either choose to do those things right, and accept the consequences or we choose not to do them and accept the consequences, but the choice is yours. But when you try to do everything, you're headed down a path to burnout. I had a pastor friend who once uh, said a guy at church came up to him and said, I tried to call you yesterday, and I couldn't get a hold of you. And the pastor says, well, that's because it was my day off. You know pastors are, are allowed to have days off. You know that? Okay. Then the guy says, well, the devil never takes a day off. And then the pastor said, yeah, and if I didn't, I'd be just like the devil. <laughs> but Satan isn't our model, Amen. And the Bible says that God rests, right? And so we should follow after his model, not because God gets tired, but because he models how we should live. Then there's the third acronym, the letter L. And L stands for labor. I need to limit my labor. That means that I need to make a conscious decision to make time for other things other than work. Oh, I know some guys that need to hear that. I have to decide how many hours I'm going to work each week 
and then I'm going to stick to it. Now, I know this is going to be a struggle for, for a lot of you, both men and women. I know a lot of women the same way. But, like, this right here is something that we've got to learn to overcome. I'm talking about us burning the candle at both ends. I'm talking about us never slowing down and never taking a break. And, guys, watch this. What I'm talking about to you this morning, like, this isn't something that's just a good idea. But rather, God says that this is so important that he listed it as one of the Ten Commandments. So this is a big deal to God. As a matter of fact, let's just read it. Exodus 20, 9 and 10, it says, You have six days in which to do your work, but the seventh day is to be a day of rest that is dedicated to me. See, God wired us. In such a way that our bodies require rest. And this principle is called Sabbath. Sabbath simply means a day of rest. And God expects you, matter of fact, he commands you, right, to observe a Sabbath every seven days. And the purpose of that Shabbat, of that Sabbath, is for what it simply means, to rest. See, there are three types of fatigue that we all experience in life. There's physical fatigue, and that's whenever our body, muscles, it just gets tired. Then there's emotional fatigue. This is where our emotions get tired. And then there's spiritual fatigue. That's when we get empty on the inside. That's where we, we feel like God's not near, and, and when we pray, we feel like God's not, not listening. Now, let me ask you something. How many of you would say that you can relate to all three of these fatigues at different times in your life, huh? All right, great, four of you, all right. Well, guess what? I can relate to all of them, and I can relate to them often. So what do we do? What do we do whenever we find ourselves physically drained, emotionally, or spiritually? Well, the first thing we do is we need to rest our body. And guys, listen to me. I know this may not sound like some big deep point, but I'm telling you, this is a point that the body of Christ needs to grab hold of. And this is a critical piece of information. Because watch this. If you don't take time off, your body will take time off for you. If you don't give your body the time that it needs, you're going to get sick or you're going to get a, a headache or a backache or something because our bodies weren't designed to go without rest. Did you know that during the French Revolution, they outlawed the, the Shabbat, the, the Sabbath in France? They said, there will be no day off. But we will work seven days a week. And within just a matter of a couple years, they had to reinstate it because the health of that nation had collapsed. Again, we weren't wired to constantly work without rest. I know this may be hard for some of you to understand, but sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is take a nap. Come on, can I get an amen from someone? All right. So we rest our bodies. But then we 
recharge our emotions. Now, this takes different things for different people, okay? Like, for example, uh, whenever my wife needs her emotions recharged, you'll find her outside by herself reading a good book, right? But whenever I need my emotions recharged, it almost always includes a, a group of people. Like, Jody gets recharged through quietness, and I get recharged through recreation or relationships, and if you don't know what it is that does it for you, what, what charges you emotionally, you might want to spend some time finding out what that is because we all need to get recharged, amen? And then the third thing that we're to do is we are to refocus our spirit. Now, there's a word that we use for that, and that's called worship. Worship is where we Focus on God instead of our problems. It's where I focus on what's right with God rather than what's wrong with me or what's wrong with the world. And this is something, guys, watch this, that we have to be intentional about. If not, then we're always going to be out of focus and we're always going to be unbalanced. Now let's look at the third, I'm sorry, the third um, Fourth letter, fourth letter in the acronym, and that's the A. We need to adjust our values. Now, the reason that you need to do this is because our lives get out of balance when our values are out of balance. Guys, this whole series, it's about us building our lives around values that will last, but most people, they're, they're building their lives on things that, that, that won't last. Ecclesiastes 4.4 says, I've observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors, but this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Now, there's a lot of values that we could be talking about to adjust but let me just address this one right here. The Bible says that the reason that we overwork is because of materialism. Because you see, you can't keep up with the Joneses and live a balanced life at the same time. You can't live in a world that says, I've got to have more. I've got to have better. I've got to achieve greater. I've got to keep going because there's someone behind me who might get a, ahead of me. Because if you're, you live that way, you're chasing the wind. Because, guys, watch this. When will enough be enough? I mean, somebody at some point has to stop and say, is it worth it just to keep on this rat race? I mean, you could win the rat race and watch this. You're still a rat. See, I think often the reason that us as Americans, we have such a difficult time relaxing is because we confuse our work for our worth. We think that what we do is the same thing as who we are, but don't confuse your self-worth with your net worth. Your self-worth is the value that will last, not your net worth. Jesus said it like this in Mark 8, 36. I, I love this scripture. It's one that just stirs my heart. What profits a man, I have to do it in the King James, what profits a man if he gains the whole world, but yet he loses 
his own soul. What good is it if you make a million dollars, but you never get to see your kids? What good is it if you get that big promotion, but now it's requiring an extra 10 more hours a week of your time? See, what happens is we end up getting possessed by our possessions. And the things that we think that we're, we're managing, they're actually managing us. And they're controlling us. Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says, It's better to have only a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time. Somehow we got this thought in our mind, guys, that if we'll just work harder, then our life is going to matter. But the problem is, it's never enough. I mean, no matter, you know, what we do, there's that haunting voice that's always in the back of our mind that's saying, you know, keep pedaling because someone's going to catch up. Someone's going to pass you and show you that you're really not worth anything. But follower of Jesus, can I just say right now, don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. Listen, let me just let you in on something. The greatest things in life aren't things. As a pastor, I've been at the bedside of a lot of people who've died. I've seen a lot of people who've taken their last breaths, and I've yet to see or hear a single person say, well, I wish I would have spent more time at the office. Mm -mm. I've, I've, I've yet to hear someone say, well, I wish I would have just made one more sale. No, but you know what I have heard a lot of? I've heard things like people saying, I wish I had spent more time with my kids. I wish I would have gotten to know God better. I wish that I would have focused on the things that really matter. You see, we've got to adjust our values. And then we come to the letter N, the fifth letter in our acronym. And N stands for nourish your inner life. Guys, God put an inner fire within us that gives us a passion, a zeal, and a reason for us getting up each morning. And if you don't tend to that fire, if you don't nourish that thing, eventually, watch this, it will go out. And then you'll try to live your life and try to meet other people's needs by some cold amber rather than a blazing fire. How many of you know who Charles Swindoll is? Okay. Um, he writes about a time where he went to a beautiful home that had an amazing stone fireplace with a large wood mantle. And when he walked up close to it to see what the words were on the mantle, it said, if you're cold heart, I'm sorry, if your heart is, is cold, my fires cannot warm you. Isn't that good? All right. If your heart is cold, my fires cannot warm you. Guys, watch this. A three-car garage can't warm a cold heart. A promotion at work can't warm a cold heart. A two-week vacation, and 
Lord, I'd like to have one. But can I tell you that that's not going to warm a cold heart. But what will warm a cold heart, again, is contact with the living God. Psalm 119 says, I will delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Guys, watch this. What we need more than anything is the presence of God. But you can't have the presence of God if you're not present with God. Are you with me? James 5.8 says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. I know this might be difficult for some of you to understand, but like some of you, you need to have a date with God. I'm talking about a time where God has your undivided attention. Like a time where you go and you get your phone and you set it. I'm getting convicted as I'm preaching this. Sorry, babe. And I put it in the other room and we put it on silence. That, guys, I'm convinced that, listen, this right here, this is part of the reason that people never even spend time with God is because they never really schedule it. Or we allow something to come and to, to steal our schedule. Which leads me to the next letter in our, our acronym. The letter C, and C stands for commit. You need to commit your schedule to God. Now, that means that you've got to be willing to allow God to change it. <laughs> it's going to be harder for some of you uh, more so than others because uh, I live with someone who she loves her lists, and I'm not saying anything bad about your lists. As a matter of fact, um, her list has helped me uh, get a lot of stuff done that I wouldn't get done. So make your lists, but commit it all to God. I love this scripture. I quote it quite often. It's Proverbs, and it says this right here, Proverbs, uh, you can make your plans. I used to, as a song, we can make our plans, Lord, but you direct our steps. Y'all remember that, right, old song? But we make our plans, but watch this, it's the Lord who directs our steps. And watch this, when we begin to understand that verse, when we begin to live by it, watch this, the stress level begins to go down. When I understand that God knows what I'm supposed to be doing on any given day, then I can make my plans, but I know so, or I do so rather than knowing that God can call an audible. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with football lingo, that's when you design a play, but then the quarterback, he changes it up at the last second. And in life, God will often take our plans, and then he will change it up. He'll call an audible at the last second. Why? Well, I don't know that I fully know the answer to that, but I, I could just say this. It's because God knows what we don't know. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know, right? But I've also found that oftentimes God just wants to make sure that we'll trust him, that we'll follow his lead even whenever his lead doesn't make sense. Come on, how many of you have had God lead you to do something that just absolutely didn't make sense? Anyone? Yeah? Yeah, me too, right? I feel like it's a story of my life, but listen, right here's what I've also found. It's in those moments that I've seen God do the greatest things as well. 
past couple months, God has been really directing me back to a familiar um, scripture that I know that a lot of you will know. It's Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, right? Some of you are like, "Mm mm-hmm, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make our paths straight. Amen? And this right here is what God has taught me through this, and it's what I've learned to grow. Uh, to grow into, and that's this, is that, watch this, I have just enough time to do God's will. Guys, that is so good. If you didn't write that down, if you haven't written anything down all morning, you better write this one thing right here down. I'm going to say it again. I have just enough time to do God's will. See, if I find that there are more things on my schedule to do than having the time to do them, that either means that, one, that those are things that God never intended for me to do, A, or, or, or B, they're things that I'm doing in the wrong way. Because God isn't going to give you a list of things to do that's in his will if, he doesn't ha- if he's not giving you enough time to do them. Is it, does that make sense? And then there's the last letter of our acronym, E. And E stands for enjoy. Here's the funny thing. (laughs) I just had this thought. Like, I think the world understands this last letter better than we do. Are you with me? Like, I really really do. But, But enjoy. Enjoy each moment. I feel like this right here is a perfect ending to our acronym because many people that I know, they work hard. They're super busy, but they fail to enjoy each waking moment. Now, that doesn't mean that you get to go to the beach every single day, all right? Guys, don't hear me say that, but watch this. Balanced people, they learn how to be happy when they're working on their goals, while they're working on their goals. Ecclesiastes 3.13 says, all of us should enjoy what we've worked for, for it's God's gift. See, guys, it's good to have goals because God even says that we should have goals. But we've got to understand that the goal of life is not our accomplishments. And if you don't understand this, then you'll fall for the trap that I like to call when and then thinking. (laughs) When and then goes something kind of like this. When I reach this goal, then I'll be happy. When I graduate, then I'll be happy. When I get married, then I'll be happy. When I get enough money in the bank, then I'll be happy. But watch this. The deception behind this is that you won't. I mean, like, right at the time when, when you get there and you think that you've arrived, You'll enjoy it for maybe a few seconds, and then all of a sudden you'll say, okay, what's next? So what do we do? Guys, listen to me. Catch this. Enjoy the moment. Are there still goals to complete? Sure there are. But we're to enjoy each moment while we're working on those goals. Friends, the goal of life isn't accomplishment. It's not about us acquiring a bunch of stuff. And it's not about us just having fun. 
But the goal of life, and the reason, by the way, by which you were put on this earth, is to know God and to enjoy a relationship with him and to use the gifts and the talents that God has given us to serve others. Those are the values that we need to build our life upon, the values that will last. I'm going to leave you with Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Jesus said, and come to me, all of you who are tired and have heavy loads, and I will give you rest. The load that I give to you to carry is light. I think that there are a lot of people, they have yet to fully surrender their life to God because they're afraid that maybe God is going to ask them to do something that they can't handle. Like the the load will be too heavy. But guys, watch this. That's not who Jesus is. As a matter of fact, Jesus died on the cross in order that the weight and the pressure of this world would be taken off of your shoulders and put on his. And in its place, he gives us rest. In that place, he gives us peace. And he gives us the ability to live a balanced life. Amen. You guys received God's word this morning? All right, come on, stand to your feet with me if you would. The team's going to take us back into worship. Before we do, I just mentioned briefly there the life that is not fully surrendered to God. And I just want to ask, who's here this morning? You have still yet to surrender your life to him. Can I just tell you something? Look at me. I promise you, he will lighten your load. He will lighten your load. And he will give you a peace that the world can't give you. And he will give you a strength that you can't find anywhere else. But guys, it starts in the place of surrender. It starts with acknowledging that we can't live this fast-paced life that the world demands of us on our own, but we need Jesus. And watch this. Can I just tell you this? You don't just need him for this life. You're certainly going to need him for eternity. I don't ever want to have any message brought from this pulpit without giving you the opportunity to know Jesus Christ and to put your faith in him. And I just want to ask if there's anyone that's here this morning, maybe you're a guest, maybe you um, you used to go to church, but you're not where you should be and you're not in relationship with God. I know that anytime we have a group of this many people that there's got to be someone here that God's dealing with your heart. And you're not where you need to be with God. Friend, I want you to know that you can get right with God right now. I mean, like right now. You don't have to join a church. You don't have to do anything but put your faith in Jesus and surrender to him. And if that's you this morning and you say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I I I want to get rid of that heavy load that you're talking about, Pastor Chris, and and I want to put my faith in Jesus and take on the rest 
that he gives and he offers to me. And his love, oh my gosh, you guys, his love is so good. It's better than anything, better than anything the world will ever provide or offer you. So I just want to say, anyone who's here this morning, say, yeah, I want to put my faith in Jesus. Right now, I'm going to lead you in prayer. And I'm going to ask saints of God, those of us who have put our faith in Jesus before, right now, I want us to just confess Jesus as our Lord out loud, okay? Can we do that together right now? Pray this prayer out loud with me, especially those of you right now that says, I want Jesus, Jesus to be my Lord. Pray this out loud. Pray, Lord Jesus, I confess that I was born a sinner in need of a Savior. So I ask you, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Help me to turn from it and make you the Lord of my life. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for the sin of the world. Jesus, I believe that you rose from the grave just as your word says. And now I want to live my life to know you and to make you known in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, let's worship.